Hi, I'm Jeff Johnston, host of the Living Undeterred podcast, and tonight we have another special guest. I had the honor of being on her show, and now it's payback time. <laughs> um, Kristen <laughs> Sparks, <laughs> welcome. What an opening, right? Uh, drag you under my That's show. That's an awesome <laughs> opening. <laughs> well, actually, I prefer being guest first, uh, and then and then depending how that goes, I get you on my show, and uh, <laughs> it can be torturous or we can have a lot of fun, but I had a blast on your show. <laughs> I had a really good time. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. And I, you. I it off enjoyed well and you. Yes. I think if I remember right, we could have talked forever. Um, so thanks for being on the show. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about Kristen and uh, we'll dive into stuff. Sure. Absolutely. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc. And Voices Are Power is my tagline. And voice comes in a multitude of different ways. It can be through speaking, podcasting, art, jewelry making, um, crafting, anything that you do that expresses yourself. Um, and that is really what my passion is all about, is bringing voice to those who don't have a voice, who feel like they're invisible and worthless and, you know, unwanted, unvalued, undervalued. And I want to really bring love, joy, and grace to this world. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I work towards every day. How do you get people to speak out? Uh, I think being vulnerable is a gift for some like you and I and others. It's a, it's a challenge, um, especially for Absolutely. men. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I would agree with you very much. So my wife, however, is one who also does not use her voice. I think you said you know, that she yeah. has, yeah, she, she has a lot of, of capability, goodness, and so many wonderful ideas, but you know, does not like to express them in public. Mm -hmm. Um, so for you and I, I think it comes easy. I can talk to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, you could be the president of the United States or the guy in the gutter. Um, I just feel like we all put our pants on the same way. And so there shouldn't be any reason why we shouldn't be able to be able to talk and to communicate um, and to really be able to share with mm -hmm. each other because bottom line is we're here to improve each other's lives, you know? Yeah. Um, and so for other people, it's not easy. And it's hard to think that way when you're someone who does talk to anybody, it's hard to think of the way that, you know, like, what do you mean you don't express yourself? What do you mean you don't talk to people? What do you mean mm -hmm. you don't do something with your voice? Um, and there's people who choose not to, and then there's people who don't know how to, and then there's people who are afraid to. Mm -hmm. And I really like to work with those who are afraid to mm -hmm. and don't know how to. And I help them find ways to bring out that innate ability that we all have inside of us, that fire, that spark. I'm luckily, my last name is Sparks. <laughs> so <laughs> I use that. I bet. <laughs> you know, I was born to that 100%. Um, and yeah, I like to find that spark in people mm -hmm. that really we can build from there because everybody has, everybody's got a soul, everybody's got a heart and that spark is in there. Why do you think it's so hard for us to be good listeners? Because we like to hear ourselves talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our minds like to think, our minds like to think that they think quickly. 
Good point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like people telling you that we're multitaskers. We're not. You know, that's an impossibility with the brain. The brain can think of only one thing at one time. Um, And pain is a really good um, way of understanding that. So when you have a headache or your finger hurts, that's about the only thing you can think of. But if you pinch your hand or you pinch your arm, you cannot feel your pain anymore because your brain's now thinking of the pain that you're feeling when you pinch your arm. Hmm. that really teaches you that you're not a multitasker. Um, And so when we are listening to someone talk, we're thinking not about what they're saying, but what we're going to say next. Right. And And it takes practice. I had a coffee an hour ago with somebody that wanted to be on our board of our nonprofit. She reached out to me and as we were talking, I just kind of dawned on me that I'm so busy trying to tell her about the nonprofit and all my projects. I really had to consciously pivot like midstream, like looking at her eyes, she's telling me about her story. And I thought to myself, just don't think about what you're going to say next. Listen to her story and then ask a follow-up question about something she says in her story. So instead of saying, Oh, that's great, Chris, Kristen. Yeah, but it reminds me of a time when I was a kid. It's like, all of a sudden, it's about to you. And I just mm-hmm. think that's a human um, engineering problem. I think we are very poor at realizing, or it's difficult for us to engage a conversation to really be inquisitive about that other person. And I, I am full acknowledging that I struggle with that. I'm horrible at names. You could say, hi, I'm Kristen Sparks, and in two seconds, I'm so worried about what I'm going to say. Am I going to ask her about her job? I'm going to ask her about her marriage. I'm going to ask her about you know her podcast. And so I don't even remember your freaking name. And I'm standing there mm-hmm. going, oh, my God, she just told me her name. And now I'm thinking, now I'm already distracted. Now I don't even remember the question I asked. And I'm a train wreck. And it's like. I got to get better at this because I'm supposed to be pretty good at this public speaking stuff. Um, But we all have to get better Um, at it. We all have to get better at it. We do. We really do. So how do I, Um, how do I get better at it? Tell me. Okay. First thing that I do when I am talking to somebody, I will focus on, especially with podcasting, because for me, my computer screen sits so much higher than you from my camera that yep. if I were to look at your eyes, yep. I'm never going to be looking at my camera. So right. podcasting is a little different than when I'm having a conversation one-on-one with you right. or even, you know, having a zoom conversation with you. Um, so the first thing that I do is I put my finger over my lips. That's a conscious way for me to say, do not think, do not talk. Just here. That's the only thing you got to do. It's just mm-hmm. here. And that allows me to really stop the noise Mm -hmm. and just listen. Sometimes I do one, sometimes I do two. And I do it so that that it's not so noticeable. Yeah, you're not going. No, it's not like (laughs) (laughs) both hands over my mouth. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, and big elephant ears Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. No, I just I try to do it as nonchalantly as possible, you know, and make it part of who I am. And now it's become that way. Um, but that's my conscious way of saying shut up. The second thing I do 
is I consciously say to myself when I'm getting into a conversation, when I ask a question that I'm asking a question, I need an answer. I don't, if I knew the answer, I wouldn't ask the question. Right. You know, I really am interested in what I'm asking. Right. So if I just ask, you know, Hey, how are you? I don't care what you answer me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because right. more than likely I'm already thinking you're going to say I'm fine. And I'm already <laughs> off to my next question. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But if I really want to know the answer to something, I need to listen. So I need to ask an intelligent question and I need to remember that I'm only human. And sometimes my mind will wander just like it does when I meditate and that's okay. Bring it back. There's something the about same. the torturous aspect of a pause. Mm. And I know great speakers when you're not having a conversation, you're speaking, pauses are great. But in the midst of a conversation, they almost seem uncomfortable. Um, it's almost like you're not interested. So you're like, you're off somewhere else. So I've had a, I've had this th problem where I don't like dead time in conversations. Now I'm speaking to you and I'm at a presentation in front of 50 executives those pauses right there, three or four seconds are really good. But in a conversation with somebody, I have a hard time with pauses and I even have a tough time with eye contact. Sometimes I, I like to look off and think and kind of wander mm -hmm. in the middle of a conversation, mm -hmm. which for me, it's more uncomfortable to gaze into somebody's eyes and have it, have a conversation. It's just, I've never been comfortable. I can, I'm comfortable in front of a hundred people, but I'm not comfortable one-on-one -on -one looking into someone's eyes. Isn't that weird? No, it's not. Because when you look in someone's eyes, you're looking at, at their soul, just like you are when you look at your own. How many times have you actually, when just let's take an example of brushing your teeth. How mm -hmm. many times when you're brushing your teeth, do you look in the mirror and physically look into your own eyes? I do now because I meditate in the mirror. It's a great, there you go. it's a great, mm -hmm. I think anybody that's into meditation, that's one of the <clears throat> um, exercises we did one day. Um, and we just looked into the mirror and after a few seconds, it's horrifying. It's like, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's an odd thing to do. It really is. It's like, it's also it odd, like trying to look at yourself from outside of your viewpoint, like mm -hmm. try to see you from 10 feet away for an extended right. period of time. Right. I can do a glimpse, yeah, that, uh -huh. but it's hard. It's really hard. I do. Jack Canfield teaches the mirror yeah, exercise. I know who he is. And I found, um, I made up my own commercial love story, love letter commercial to myself. Um, and so I do that. Hmm. And it's basically Kristen, meet Kristen. She's a really important person that you need to know. And I just go from there, you know, I talk about who I am, what I do, what I'm passionate about and why I'm so good at this. You know, and I brag on myself and I give myself credit for all of those successes that I've had. And it might just be that I got out of bed this morning, but that is my success and win today. You know, so every night I give myself a pep talk. I give myself a commercial about me and a love letter to myself because it's important that I acknowledge who I am. Um, and I think that goes back to that whole pause and conversation, mm -hmm. that whole ability to look someone else in the eyes while you're having that conversation, um, to answer your question. 
when I'm having some, a conversation with someone and I'm asking questions mm -hmm. to them, I'm going to look them in the eye because I want them to know that I'm very interested in the answer. Right. When they ask me a question, I'm probably going to wonder. I might even wonder while they're talking because I'm thinking about what they're saying. Right. But when I'm asking the question, I want them to know that they are the most important part of this whole conversation. Hmm. Yeah. I just think you take kids today and, and their inability to yeah. just simple human interaction qualities that we all learned when we were younger, handshakes, firm handshake, looking someone in the eye, you know, selling an idea, you know, like an intangible idea like a dream mm -hmm. versus a car, mm -hmm. you know, that that's a tangible right. thing that you could, anyone can sell a car, but to sell a vision or an idea that's more difficult. I think kids today really struggle with that. And it's, a, it's that inability for them to maintain any length of time of interaction, you know, with, with somebody and the ones that are good at it, they move ahead quickly in this, in this age of kids today. Right. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. different. They're not, they're the, they're the they outlier. Are. They're the outlier. They are totally. We just had a young man that was, uh, um, voted into the Congress. Yeah. I saw that. Four years old. I mm -hmm. saw that. Yep. And I'm Amazing. guessing right now he looks in the eyes. He has great speaking <laughs> skills. He's not looking yes, he off. Does. He's not on his phone mm -hmm. playing, you know, probably is, right. but <laughs> not when we see him, but Right. I mean, even I spend time on my phone, but right. I still want to have conversations with people. I had the, the, for the first time in, in a while, I got to travel by myself. And that literally has been 10 years since I have done anything by myself because of my injuries. But right. it was an amazing experience. I used to travel for a living and I missed that. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I did it. Mm -hmm. But what I missed was the interactions with people. Yeah. Because when I travel with a companion, I talk to them. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to everybody else around right. me. And so here I am by myself. And so you start conversations. I do. I started conversations with people. Um, and it was amazing. I, I mean, that connection is... with story is so incredible. I met some amazing people. This is where I go back to COVID. How blessing yeah. it was for me. Because COVID forced me to do like the podcast. Mm -hmm. And think of the people you, you, I met, you've met, that I never would have met had it not been for COVID. Because right? I never, I never would have done a podcast. Had I not been just stuck at home with attention deficit and COVID was a disaster. Um, uh, plus right. I wasn't drinking. So I'm, I'm sober. Yeah, that's always a problem. I'm right? sober. <laughs> I have attention deficit and I can't leave my house. It's yeah. like, oh my God, I got to do, yeah. do something. So a podcast was normal. And um, man, the people I've met have just been, I mean, now I was lucky. I don't, I didn't lose anyone to COVID. You know, mm -hmm. I, if my dad would have died, say of COVID, I'd have a different mindset, but right. And I know many people were affected by that, but even my son's death allowed me to stay home for a year, uh, and work on my book. And, you know, I, I was still drinking for the first year after he died, but I guess where I'm going with this is that things like COVID that can be framed as catastrophic can also be mm -hmm. framed as opportunistic, you know, and, um, as blessings. 
Yeah, and it's amazing the power of reframing. And, and, and I know people that follow me probably mm-hmm. get sick and tired of me talking about this, but I was listening to a podcast, I, I, one podcast that you should listen to. And if he ever came on my show, I would, I don't know, I'd probably quit because he's your dream such, guest. Well, <laughs> Scott Barry Kaufman's his name, uh, psychologist, and he's got a podcast <sighs> called The Psychology Podcast. That's what it's called, The Psychology Podcast. And he's Dr. Scott That's Barry awesome. Kaufman, and he does this whole movement on on positive um, positivity, basically. And his um, new book's called Choose Growth, which he's autographing for me and sending to me. I reached out to him on Twitter and asked. I said I'd donate $200 to a charity of his choice if he autographed it and sent it to me. And so he said, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, but I just listened to his most recent guest, uh, and she was amazing. Um, I think her name was Whitney Johnson. I can't remember. But she's a pretty big speaker. And she was talking about, you know, this S curve idea about positivity and about, you know, and you could take the S curve and apply it to everything. You know, you have this Mm -hmm. excitement, dopamine rush, and then you kind of get to a point where fear kicks in. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, then you have the back, you know, then you kind of have the, I I don't want to do this anymore. And then you have the second rush. And she said that S curve is so applicable to so many things in life. And, you know, Scott talks about, yesterday in the podcast I was just too, he's talking about post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. and he's like why can't we just call it potential traumatic stress i mean right? change a word and it's like it's like um uh what's the other one that comes up a lot um uh survivor's guilt call it survivor's mm, yes. opportunities um you know just little tiny things like that i think we're brainwashed to accept the narrative and I don't think we ever have to call it post-traumatic growth. I mean, post-traumatic um, stress. We could call it post-traumatic growth. We could call it potential mm-hmm. traumatic stress disorder. So it's potentially stressful. Right. But once you say post, then you're basically saying it's stressful. Right. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm very intrigued with the psychology behind mental health and about how we can get out of this mess without taking more pills, which without going to more therapy, without, without having more diagnosis, um, without being told that our human coping mechanisms like fear and anxiety and stress, Mm -hmm. those are human parts, parts Mm -hmm. of what kept us alive. You know, Oh yeah. if you heard the, if you heard the uh, bushes, you know, uh, rumbling, is that the wind or is that a lion? And so you learned stress, you learned anxiety, you learned how to run and it Mm -hmm. kept you alive. Mm -hmm. We, we Mm -hmm. tend to want to bury all these now, like all these self-help books are like, you know, conquer anxiety, conquer stress. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't think it's a bad thing to have all these things. I think it's what makes us human. And if you got to learn to keep them short, you know, and not have them become all encompassing. You know, you need to acknowledge them. Right. You need to say, I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed right now. Okay, let me take a little break. I've right. got tools to deal with this. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a multitude of different tools that are not drug related, um, that are not bury your head in the sand related that you can use. And one of the most, the easiest is your amygdala. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a little trick with that. So there's, there's all this, you know, you can use essential oils with it. You can do some other things, but if you don't have essential oils in your house, um, you can grab vanilla that you use in cooking, cinnamon, um, basil that you might have growing in the garden. You have a tomato for that matter. 
what you want to do is just stop the amygdala from reacting to whatever is happening. So you're overwhelmed. You grab some cinnamon and you say, okay, I am overwhelmed. I'm not dealing with it. Well, I'm going to just sit here for a second and you open the lid to the cinnamon. You don't even have to stick it up your nose because that'll make you sneeze. Right. Just open it up and you can smell it. And that immediately changes the physiology of what's happening in mm -hmm. immediately. You don't yeah. even need to go through. I mean, there's, there's programs, you know, that if you say this to yourself and that to yourself, you just need to stop the reactive part mm -hmm. of what's happening so that you can actually accept, okay, I was a little overwhelmed. Okay. Maybe I need to rethink how I'm looking at whatever is happening with what, what I'm overwhelmed on, mm -hmm. um, and change that narrative. You know, you get to decide what your story is. You know, I, I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional head in the sand family. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we had, we had a lot of trauma, a lot of drama, <clears throat> but every time I speak the story, I re-traumatize myself Mm -hmm. and the people that I speak that story to. Mm -hmm. I'm not dis I'm not disconnecting from the story. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Right. I went through, you know, rape and sexual assault and, you know, drug abuse and mm -hmm. mental health issues and all of the things that that make up trauma. Mm -hmm. They were there. I drew to myself some people who continued that same behavior because I didn't know how to get out of it mm -hmm. until I did. Right. You know, and I will always have that as my foundation, but I don't have to relive it over and over again. I get to be the hero. I figured it out. Okay. How did I do that? There's a multitude of steps that I took to do it. Mm -hmm. And I share those in, in the book that's coming out next year. Um, but what my point is to this is we have tools to take care of these things. We have mm -hmm. tools that we can use and we have people we can reach out to. You know, if we need outside help, we can reach out to psychologists and, and right. oh my gosh, the things that COVID brought us, the blessings. Yeah. We don't have to even get in our car and drive 45 minutes to find a really good therapist. Right. You know, we can just get online and do it now. Heck, you don't have to. There are. You don't have to get in your car to go get food anymore. No. COVID created the, the, the delivery, you know, Uber Eats and all right. that stuff. And Publix um, delivers. The, um, <laughs> Sam Harris yeah. is a person I follow. Uh, Sam Harris has the waking up app, which that's the app I meditate. Mm -hmm. But Sam said something that I, um, I steal from him. I really like, you're always free to tell yourself a new story about your past. Yes, you are. And you can't, you can't, you know, change the past, but you can tell yourself a new story and what the story would be. And again, I really appreciate you sharing what happened to you. It takes a lot of courage and, you know, I know this isn't the yeah. first time you've ever shared that, but I think each time you do share it, it builds a little yeah. bit of wall, builds a little bit more, you know, um, protection for you in a way. Um, whereas if somebody who doesn't talk about it for 30 years and then they bring it up, it all oh, comes rushing yeah. back. And yeah. I'm that way with 
Seth and Prudence, Kristen, in that when I talk about them every day, I, I, I kind of like letting out a little air out of the bubble each day, just mm-hmm. boom, boom, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So I'm not waiting one day like their death date and then boom, it right. all comes crumbling down. I, right. I spoon feed myself all year long and that's what, that's what you're doing. And that's what I think you're trying to tell your customers, your clients, people that follow you yeah, that's exactly. is you have a past. Mm-hmm. You, you can't change the past. No. And even if you could, I wouldn't. Right. Not because it's, it's, it's who you are today. And the yeah. simple fact that if, if we could change our past, it'd be like, if we didn't die, if we lived forever, there'd be no reason to live. Right. Because death is right. what creates the value in life. The fact we oh, know it's, so we know it's Absolutely impermanent. So and if, if, if there was a pill that you could take and you would never die, I think we'd just be, we'd be miserable in, in, in immortality. Well, they're coming up with one that they think can keep us alive for 200 years. That's a long ways now, to be coming immortal. <laughs> it, it, it is. Because in the blips of time of history, 200 years is. That's still a nothing. Second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. What could we do with that? That extra hundred years. I think what that's that awesome. That I hope that the body could accommodate it. Cause it's one thing having your mind yeah. alive for 200 years, right, but if you're right. in a vegetative state. No, I want yeah. quality, not quantity. Right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, the science is amazing on human longevity it and it's exciting. Um, I think <laughs> yes. this is the first time that the last couple of years where life expectancy actually dropped. We've had a drop mm. in, and then a lot of it was because of overdose and COVID and all the deaths that kind of happened. Yes, yes, um, yes. A lot of yeah, lot of but suicide. the trend has been yeah. we're living longer. Um, but we, mm-hmm. it's not about just living longer; it's living a good quality life longer. It is right. It is, and you know we can make quality even out of the quagmire. Mm-hmm. We can make um, space for all of that trauma that we have endured that we have persisted through and make space right. for quality even out of that because like I, I was saying it's a foundational part of who I am today mm-hmm. and I could not be where I'm at had I not gone through that and so that's what I do with clients is bridge that gap between that that you have lived through and where you want to go and where do you want to be in your life? How do you want that life to be? Well, I had a question for you that yeah. we talked about on your show. And I think the listeners mm-hmm. would like to hear your thoughts on this, but how do you define spirituality and what's that mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Of okay, course, so- of course it is. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't ask it. <laughs> right? Exactly. I love that question. Um, spirituality for me is changed over the years. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the sexual traumas that I had was being gang raped during my confirmation classes mm. at church. Holy so cow. I went from, yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> that was an Oh, how, um, I went from being a very spiritual and religion to absolutely not believing in God, whatever, whatsoever. Literally overnight. Like, overnight. Overnight. And, you know, couldn't really tell anyone um, because of the family issues at the mm. time. Um, 
And so I buried it. I mm. buried it until it was brought up to me in 2020. It was brought up to you in 2020. It was, it was totally put in my face. Um, I was writing and mm. I was writing what I just was writing and I love to write. So I was, there, there wasn't anything in particular that I was writing. I was just writing and I went back and read what I wrote and I went, excuse me. Wow. I don't remember this at all. You honestly, it was a repressed I, memory and you just totally. in writing. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Just two years ago. Just two years ago. And it was right before I had, for me, a spiritual out-of-body experience. Hmm. Um, so I wrote this and I read this and I, I went through some um, major ahas, like, well, this makes so much sense now. Now I understand why, where, you know, my religion went to. Um, my parents had been pretty religious when I was growing up, Methodist, not like um, born again or, mm -hmm. or, you know, over the top. But, you know, we went to church and, and we did, you know, we practiced um, every Sunday. So for me to go from that to, I remember walking into my parents' bedroom the morning of confirmation and going, I'm not going. And they were, you know, totally taken aback. And I was 11, I think at the time. Wow. Um, oh. So, and I was not like this, I don't do things, you know, right. but that day I was, I absolutely 100% was. So in 2020, it came back to me um, through writing and a lot of stuff will come through when you're writing. And mm. I, I know you know that because yeah. you're a writer as well. Right. And so I dealt with that. I, you know, did what I needed to do. I got some professional help, yeah. work through some of that. Um, and at the same time, I had this out of body kind of experience, um, which were you, were you changed my or were you Nope. I was wide awake sitting at my desk really? again. <laughs> yes. And this was I think recently? my desk has something. No, that was, that was in August of 2020. So this, this happened in, um, had it been June that that happened? I started doing some counseling. Then I had this, this out of body experience, a total out of body experience that I was taken to what I call the ocean of life and by angels. And we talked about this whole concept of spirituality, the body that, that they call the weird. I don't know if you know what that is, but mm -hmm. it's like the glossomer that holds us all together. Okay. It's, um, the weave. If you were to look at what the universe looks like from 10 feet away. Yeah. You know, you were talking about being able to see yourself 10 feet away. Right. That's kind of what you would see is this outline hmm. glossomer and right. it holds everything together. Life. It holds, um, this spirit. is what you saw it in holds. your out of body. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. How long did it last? What I'm seeing. I really couldn't tell you. I wasn't timing it. I didn't look at the clock when I got back. When you um, came out of it, did you realize what you went through? Oh. Oh yeah. 
And it oh, wasn't it wasn't uh, yeah. a vision. Not no. No, it was not a vision. It Interesting. was absolutely, yeah. Did do, do, do you so, attribute it to like a religious experience, but non-religious? Like because people have people have like literally seen God, they claim, in I, in those type of moments. Yeah, I mean to me, I feel like I touch the face of God. Interesting. I don't see it as a person. Right. You know, I, I, like again, it's I said, more it was, spiritual you know, versus religious. Yeah. Right. Very much so. Um, and a week later, I was diagnosed with with cancer that um, was esophageal cancer, and the really weird part was had this doctor who found the cancer had me sign this document before he went in to do the radio ablation that he was doing, he would have killed me hmm. because he would have cut the tumor out. <clears throat> and I had the type of cancer that was like immediately spread through the body. Hmm. If you hit the, cut the tumor open. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, I, he didn't have me sign the document just by accident. Well, mm. for me, that was not just by accident. Right. And there was an absolute reason why I didn't sign that document. Um, and I went through some aggressive chemo. I went through aggressive radiation, ended up, this would have been my fourth time dying, um, from starvation because I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't do anything before they were actually able to get the feeding tube in because it was 2020. We didn't, I, my wife wasn't able to advocate for me because she couldn't go into the doctor with me. Hmm. It was bad, you know? <laughs> so, and the fourth time, because I had died three times prior to that on a allergy to opioids hmm. and went into anaphylactic shock, throat closes up, heart stops, have to, you know, electrocute me to come back to, to life again. So I attribute the ability to have this out of body experience because I've already been there. Right. I had already now, I don't remember seeing stuff when I would go through the death, but I really feel like that's why I was so able to do you to think you'll have another back. one? Um, I mean, do you think you tap like some portal where now you have I'm permission to perfectly, like, yeah. you have like permission to go into it because you have already. I mean, I, I think I probably could if I wanted to. I don't know that I necessarily need to at this point. It's um, interesting. Because I've been there. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, there's so much so, to the mind that we don't know. I mean, there's oh. just so much untapped potential, you know, and that's where my, my real keen yeah. interest in psychedelics for mental health right now lie. Yes. I've never done them. Full disclosure, no? I've never even smoked pot. No, but I am I am going to be going on an ayahuasca retreat um, probably in the next year. Where are you going to go? Well, a good friend of mine, I had a, not a good friend, but a, someone I know, I had him on my podcast, Jonathan DePotter. He runs uh -huh. Be, he runs Behold Retreats. And okay. I, I actually read about him in Forbes or something, and I reached out to him, and he came on my podcast from Thailand. It was pretty cool. Uh, and that's, that's on my archives if anyone wants to hear it, but yes. we did talk a lot about this and, you know, I'm coming from the lens of an open-minded human that mm -hmm. plant-based medicine has been around. Mm. These plants have been around longer than we have and yeah. the indigenous people have been using them long before, you know, pharmaceutical companies were invented. And, um, yeah. 
I think we need to maybe possibly revert back to old school methods, the way we're, the way we're dealing with mental health. And I guess my saying has always been Christian, if what we were doing was working, we wouldn't need to be even entertaining these options, but what we are doing is not working. And there's more miserable and happy so people agree. than have ever been in the history of humankind. Yeah. yeah there's no question. Exactly. Um, and we can just keep, you know, we can keep going down the same road with the same tools, or we could say, <laughs> you know what, you know, <laughs> there was some really, I am so laughing because, and I'm going to interrupt you. No, fine. Because go ahead. what you just said is the definition of insanity. I know. And that's what we you do. Know? That's what our society does, yeah. especially with mental health. It's like, let's build yes. another rehab facility. Let's give another, let's, let's find another yep. diagnosis. Let's get more right. data. I love that. Right. I love that. Yes. We got a five-year-old kid. Yes. Let's get more data. Uh -huh. uh, right. It's like, yeah, it's like my analogy has always been, and people that heard this will get nauseated by this, but it's like, do we need another label on the candy bar to know that it's bad for us? Do we need I more data? Do we need mm -hmm. more data on weight loss? Yeah. We don't. I mean, it's pretty no. clear for most people, it's net negative calories and or, or fat right. and all that. It's like you consume more than you burn off. Odds mm -hmm. are pretty high unless you have a super massive mm -hmm. high metabolism with you'd burn off more. But odds are if you're consuming over time more than you than you use, you'll put on body weight. And I, right. my dad's always said that. And I grew up in a very pragmatic doctor household. And so, you know, I, I see people struggle with weight loss and I see people struggle with these things. And I think people will say, well, you know, we need more information on, on, on this stuff. And it's like, you know, if labels helped at all, then <laughs> we wouldn't be the heaviest industrial country in the world and getting bigger. We didn't have labels growing up as kids and we were all, we were all, everyone was in better health, right. you know, 80 years ago. You know, we played in the mud. We ate the mud. We, yeah. you know, we did, we were outside 90.99.9% of the time. Right. Um, I don't think I was ever in my house. Never. Especially, you know, even in the winter time. And, and we, I lived in Ohio, not that it was the great North, white North, but yeah. for me it was um, coming from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Know? So we have snow cold. right now in Iowa. So. Yeah. I, I heard. I thank you. We're going to, Hey, you know, we were 70 the other day and I was bundled up in my sweats. So, wow. I don't want to hear <laughs> I know, it. Well, right? I was, I was 85 in Honduras. So just last week. So, yeah. yeah I <laughs> um, know. Well, uh, so let's talk. I am so, so into the, the ayahuasca. I was supposed to go this past summer and wasn't able to. Have you done um, one yet? A retreat? I haven't, but I can tell you full disclosure yeah. that I have done LSD. Yeah. Um, in my younger days. Psilocybin? And, um, no, that's the one no. that is really getting yes. all the, all the weight because I think it's non-addictive seems to be pretty right. prevalent. Um, it could, I think you can grow it yourself. Yes. Um, yes. and I think, uh, there are now States that are legalizing, um, you know, um, psychedelics, but again, yeah. I'm just seeking more options for people. And right. I'm not, I'm not an advocate for psychedelic use. I'm an advocate for better mental health. Right. And that's exactly. what people get really distracted when they say, you know, geez, Jeff, how could you even entertain that? And I said, how can you not, how can yeah. we not, you know, right. just cause you think these things are bad. What's your thoughts mm -hmm. on alcohol? 
Exactly. What's your thoughts on just taking? Just because it's legal. What's your thoughts on taking two Advil every day or two Aleve every day? Mm-hmm. What's that mm-hmm. do to your liver and your kidneys and stuff? You know. So oh my goodness. You right? can on one side of your mouth say, "Oh, alcohol," because it's legal and it's advertised every day on TV. It's okay, but since yeah. marijuana is illegal or these drugs are illegal, they're not okay. I just, I just think that's so stone age mentality, you know, it truly is. I mean, you look at my opioid, uh, ad- ad- not addiction, sorry, my opioid allergy. Um, I've got chronic pain <clears throat> from the fall that I had in 2013. Mm-hmm. And so they put me on tramadol. I was on tramadol for not even 30 days and I was planning my demise. Wow. I had the side effect of suicidal tendencies hit me so hard that I literally spent an entire week researching how I could make sure that I didn't end up a vegetable. Did you know these were potential side effects? I did not when I started taking it. I did still didn't even when I was researching how it, whether I could take enough tramadol to die. Wow. You know, it right. didn't say, Oh, by the way, suicide is a side effect of this. And you might want to call your doctor. Right. Wouldn't that have been a good label to put on it? Sure. That makes too much you sense. You know, no kidding. So I'm figuring out a cocktail of things that I have in the house that I can put together, mm-hmm. not necessarily an alcohol cocktail. Um, to make sure that I die. And here comes my wife home early from work. So what are you doing? Well, I'm planning my demise with my cocktail. What do you think? That's what you said. And it just came out of my (laughs) mouth. Yes. (laughs) We can laugh about it now, but. (laughs) Right. I lived, you know, so I am very happy about that. Yeah. And she literally, you know, the look on her face and the look, I'm sure mine was like, I can't believe I just said that. What am I doing? Right. You know? And so I was, I was taken from this horrible place, not mentally by her picking up and going, okay, we need to do something about this. This is not, this is not going to happen. Um, and then having the allergies to the opioids and going through a multitude of different ones, um, trying to find something to control the chronic pain and finally had to be just, you know, taken off of everything. Right. And having to figure out a way to deal with overwhelming chronic pain on a daily basis that affected absolutely everything. Hmm. Because my chronic pain comes from sitting. Hmm. Who doesn't sit? Right. Right. How do you not sit? Right. Literally, how do you not sit? So I had to find ways that were different, that were out of the box. Mm -hmm. And, you know, meditation, um, sitting in a zero gravity chair, so mm-hmm. that, you know, my head's back and, you right. know, the weight's on my back instead of on my pelvis, my right. pelvic floor. Um, <clears throat> all of these different types of tools right. to, you know, not sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't sit on a donut. That didn't work with the, I, 
because the damage wasn't just the pelvic floor, it was the, the SI joints, which then um, everything else, the hips weren't staying together, mm. the spine was collapsing, all of this stuff. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to accommodate all of these injuries um, and still have some kind of quality of life. And so over the years, I was able to find, you know, deeper meditation styles, mm -hmm. um, better beds, uh, better doctors yeah, <laughs> who could, you know, yeah, put pins in my SI joints and pull everything back together. So my hips stopped moving. So that helped with some of that. Hmm. Um, we tried some of the, um, electronic stimulators that didn't work. Um, but just being willing to try different things helps. So like you're talking about, you know, using LSD and the psilocybin, using the ayahuasca, using marijuana, using, you know, all of these plant-based mm -hmm. that, you know, we can grow that are not poisonous to our bodies. Why not? Opioids are absolutely 100% poisonous. Mm. You know, for me, it was an allergic reaction. For other people, it's instant addiction that they can't get away from. Yeah. I and think then they have all of these side effects to them. When you're looking at, I don't know, it just seems to me that we're so quick to accept what has been done mm -hmm. and what experts claim. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a right to find these things out ourselves. I think we should have yeah. the ability to make our own decisions on these things uh -huh. and especially something you can get from the earth. And right. the fact that you could take a root from a tree, take something else, a plant, boil it for a while, throw in some dirt and drink it. And that's illegal. I, I, I just, I don't, but we can go and you can, you can manufacture, with all these different chemicals and additives and all, and then you can make your own alcohol. That's not illegal. And, not, and most of that, you know, some of it's natural, but a lot of it's additive stuff. You know, you're adding, well, adding chemicals and stuff. TV dinners, you know, <laughs> and the or, additives that they, right. Just take anything, take food. anything you eat and look on the back and look at like added sugars. You know, and, yeah. and, and we just readily accept that as that's okay for our body because it's legal, but something yeah. isn't okay for our body because it's illegal. Well, maybe exactly. the fact it's illegal has nothing to do with whether it's okay or not okay for our body. Maybe it's more of a feature of controlling behavior or revenue uh, potential uh, issues yeah. with that. You know, it always seems to always come back to money somehow. Um, yes, it does. But, you know, wouldn't it, yes, it wouldn't logic just say that if you made some of these things mainstream legal, you know, still some regulation, you know, make sure 14 year olds aren't doing this stuff and um, monitor the best you can. Um, it would seem to me that the, 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 the dark web seems to me the, the underbelly of society where people go to get illegal things would dry up. And, and, yeah. and if the supply was a little more readily available and more regulated, mm -hmm. um, I still think you're going to have the demand. Mm -hmm. You know, if I take, if I take 
you know, a certain drug off the street, and let's say Oxycontin, we stopped the prescriptions, which is what happened. They cut the prescriptions down 50%. Deaths went up 100%. Because people didn't understand addicts are just going to go somewhere else. Yes, and, and that's just a very easy example to give about the insanity of people that set the laws. You know, let's just let's incarcerate those that have possession yeah. when the reality is that's not the problem. The problem is this person has a mental health issue. They have a substance use distress mm-hmm. order uh, issue. Um, and that's what we should be treating them as, you know, right. whether it's a disease or a choice. I think you could get split on that all day long. And I think advocates for some things have to have it be a disease because then they can say conveniently you don't have a choice because it's a disease um, right and that creates an industry in itself to deal mm-hmm. with the disease maybe easier to get you know insurance coverage and things like that if it's a disease if it's a choice it's a lot harder it's a lot more subjective yes and that's um, very true yeah and for me alcoholism was a choice because mm-hmm. I quit easily and I know a lot of people can't do that but right. I think a lot can though. And a lot don't know they can yet. Um, right. Matter exactly. of fact, there's more people they, that quit cold Turkey than I think the media wants to give credit to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I w- would agree with you 100%. you know, it's funny. You find these choices everywhere in life. Mm-hmm. You can choose to sit in your trauma. You can choose to sit in your, pain. You can choose to sit in your shame, your guilt. Um, you can choose to sit in your alcoholism. You can choose to sit in whatever it is that you choose to sit in. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can choose not to, you can choose to be grateful that you're here, that you have an opportunity to live this life. It's a, an amazing, beautiful incredible life that we have to live. And, and this, this is a good can... segue into what you actually do, Kristen, because I want to wrap yeah. the show up here and talk a little bit about, you know, what you do each day, you know, what's your, yeah. what's your type, what's your average person that you work with and kind of what your, what you envision you becoming in the next five years, you know, how, how you, how you want to help people the, the best ability that you can. I really like working with groups more than I like. Well, it's not that I won't work individually. I will because I do love work talking to people individually. Um, but I like groups. I really like to spread as much of my information around as I can. And, and I like to spread joy around mm-hmm. as much as I can. So for me, um, community is extremely important. I like to do um, my podcast. And like I said, I've got a a radio show that's coming up Mm -hmm. um, either mid-November, November, November, December, um, January. And what my really direct thing that I do is work with people on finding a pathway out of the quagmire if you don't know what that means, it means the muck and the shit. Right. The abyss, as I call it. <laughs> the abyss. <laughs> I like to use the word because it sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, but I like to help people find pathways. You know, I like to bridge the gaps. I like because we all have these chasms that we think we have to fall into before we can get out. And we don't. Right. You know, we can build a bridge across it. And that's what I do. I build those bridges. And that's, I, a, I thought I like that perspective them. because I think we have this mindset that you have to hit rock bottom. 
right. you have to go through the worst of times. I like that bridge idea. You, you could have, you know, here's you today. Yeah. Here's rock bottom. You could build a bridge right across the middle. So when you start falling, you hit that, that bridge and then you go back yeah. to the life that you want to live and you never hit rock bottom mm -hmm. because you know, no, today with rock, bo to. rock bottom can be death. It can be, you know, and for you some it's be, prison, some yep. it's divorce, mm -hmm. some it's bankruptcy. Um, but and rock, bo rock bottom not. today seems to be a lot more prevalent Permanent. to be death. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which just yeah. doesn't, we don't have to subscribe no. to these narratives, you know, even just the idea of suffering, you know, yeah. we don't have to subscribe just because somebody, you know, is suffering. I'm not going to say it's their problem, but it's, it's not your life. I mean, you, you, you can choose your suffering right. and there's a good book out there. I don't remember who wrote it. It's called choose suffering your, or chosen suffering. I think it's called on that's that mindset that we talked about. So let's, mm -hmm. let's just wrap this up with how about people that just can't do that? There are just people out there that just, you know, you and I seem yeah. to be kind of wired this way. I I've been through some trauma. You've been through some unimaginable trauma. Um, and mm. to sit there and we can, we can laugh, we can smile, we can thrive. A lot of people say, these aren't funny topics, guys. What, why can you laugh and smile? And I'm thinking you have to. So yeah, what, what do you, you tell somebody to. that just can't get past their past? You can be the hero in your own story, or you can choose to be the damsel in distress or the villain. If you want <laughs> to be, or the villain. Yeah. You, you know, if you want someone to save you, the only one that's going to do that is you. Mm -hmm. I can guide you. I can show you some tools. There are a multitude of other people who can do that. Um, but if you're not willing to work, if you're mm. not willing to allow, it's not going to happen. I like you that. Know, work. I can love you. <laughs> I like that work. I, yeah, I do. I think yeah. that's people don't want to work hard today. Getting better. An hour at the gym is too much work, you know, watching yeah. what you eat is too much work, you know, not being on Fox news is too much work. And I just think you're spending so much time unwinding everything that you could have easily just avoided by not participating in these things. Yes. Right. You could. Mm -hmm. It seems so pragmatic, but the reality is most people can't, most people just, they can, they just haven't found efficient. They don't choose to. Yeah. Well, that seems like what it's your, really... your mission is. And, um, so how do people reach you and how do people get in touch with you and what's kind of the best way for people to follow you? The best way to reach me is on my website and that is www.wrarinc.com. It's Roar Inc. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Roar with Sparks is my podcast. And we'll be also the radio show. So you'll be able to follow me either way. And I am on LinkedIn under Aurora Sparks or Kristen Sparks. Well, it's been yeah. a great pleasure to talk to you for another hour. My dog is getting anxious and it's wrapping up the show. So good timing. <laughs> He's an older lab and he 
waits till Aww. he can. And then he, one bark becomes two and then four and then, all right, dad, <laughs> get off your stupid podcast. Now and or let me never. Out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's right by his door. I so, but it. anyway, um, thanks so much. I uh, really appreciate what you're doing. And I look forward to collaborating more with you as we expand. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. It's been a, an absolute honor. Well, we're just getting started. We have a lot of work ahead of us and uh, yeah, got to laugh and smile along the way because there's plenty of bumps coming ahead of us, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, have a great evening. And Always. again, thanks for being on the show.